the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, here we are, Super Bowl 58, the culmination of the 2023 season for the NFL. It's been uh, it's been a fantastic ride, even though I'm a Cowboys fan and shit got uh, demolished in wild card round. Hey, this is still football. I still love the game, and I always look forward to uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Hopefully, we get a good game. You never know what's going to happen in the Super Bowl, but it's always great to see how the season winds down, and uh, and what's going to happen. So let's get right in to Super Bowl talk. Super Bowl 58, of course, is going to be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, the Niners are a two-point favorite, um, which, I mean, I feel like that's, that's what it should be. I mean, I, if you look at it on paper, the Niners have the better roster. I mean, they pretty much have the top player, at every position in the entire league. I mean, they have multiple guys who are superstar players, who are game-changing players, and they just basically blow the Chiefs out of the water roster-wise. But then you look at the Chiefs, and guess what the Chiefs have? They have that championship pedigree. They already have two Super Bowls, trophies. They've been to uh, three. This is now their fourth in five years. So this this is a team that knows how to win. They, they had their issues throughout the regular season, but they have buttoned up those, those few little issues they had have not been an issue in one playoff game yet. So this team knows how to win when it matters the most. And real talk, it's Patrick Mahomes. There is no arguments this dude is a beast. He's going to go down in history as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Who knows? I, I don't. I have to actually wait for a guy's career to uh, to to go on a little bit longer to say this is where he's at on the list. But it's it's obvious that by the time Mahomes is done with his career, he's going to be somewhere in the top ten, top five, top three, possible one greatest quarterback of all time. But you know what? Let's let his career play out. But he's going for Super Bowl number three, and this guy wants it. This is uh, the first time in uh, in. Uh, God, years, the, the, the early 2000s uh, that we had a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. That was the uh, New England Patriots. They were the last back-to-back Super Bowl champion. So this is something that, you, that the Chiefs are, are, are looking to do, looking to accomplish. It basically just puts a, a cherry on top of this already amazing dynasty that they've built. And Mahomes is that dude, especially during this playoffs. I mean, he's made the plays when necessary. He's made he's done everything that he has to do. And then all the role players around him have actually stepped it up and have not been dropping passes and have been making all the key plays when they have to. And then, of course, this Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense is is for real. This is as a matter of fact, this is the best Kansas City Chiefs defense in the Mahomes era. That's actually been an issue that uh 
we've really seen with the Chiefs, even in the Super Bowls that they won, that their defense is just meh, it gets by, it's good enough, but they've never been this dominating. And this year they actually are dominating. They have been dominating since week one. They have not looked weak. They get at the quarterback. They cause turnovers. They're a damn, and they, they've held some good-ass quarterbacks in check during this postseason. You you start with Tua Tungavailoa, who was arguably one of the best quarterbacks of the season statistics-wise, if anything. I mean, the dude pretty much led the league in passing almost all season. Uh, he was kill- He was just lighting it up. He was having an, a fantastic year. Then you put Tyreek Hill out there as well, who also had one of the greatest seasons for a receiver. They stopped the both of them. Then you move on to the following week with Josh Allen. Josh Allen is obviously one of the top quarterbacks in the league, at least right now. The dude's got a cannon of an arm. He was on fire heading into that playoff game, and what did they do? They just held that Bills Bills offense in check, and they weren't able to do anything and get anything going. Um, Allen had a pretty decent game, but, I mean, the, the rest of the offense wasn't able to do shit. And then in the championship game against Lamar Jackson, the MVP of the league, who was so unstoppable all season, and they made him look irrelevant in the championship game. And that was all the defense. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this matchup because, like I said, Niners, obviously, most talented team, not only just in this matchup, but in the league. They they have fantastic talent, offense, defense. They are just stacked to the, to the ceiling with amazing talent. But like I said, the Chiefs got that championship pedigree. Um, And as I said, for me personally, after the championship game, the AFC championship game, I said to myself, I am not picking against the Kansas City Chiefs and and Patrick Mahomes. They've proven it time and time again. Uh, From wild card to divisional round to the championship game, they have dominated. They have gotten right out to a quick start, and they have never looked back. And even though they only won 17 to 10 against the Ravens, so fucking what? They still won. They are head and shoulders above the rest, playing championship football right now. The Niners, on the other hand, their two games have actually not been that good. I mean, they were lucky to have won the Packers game, and then the Lions also crumbled and fell apart in in their game. And the Niners did not play their best game in either matchup. Yes, they got the win, and congratulations, they are here in the Super Bowl. But um, I'm just not picking against the Chiefs. They've already won two. They know how. They know what's up. And if this team gets off to a quick start, the Niners better watch out because I don't think this team will crumble at all. Um, so like I said, not picking against the Chiefs. I do think it's going to be a close matchup, but I've got Kansas City winning this one 28-24. Um, and then as far as who I'm rooting for, because this is the difficult one, you know, the Niners are technically one of the Cowboys' deepest rivalries. And um, I think... I just would love to see them lose. But the Chiefs, I don't like them at all either. I've never liked the fucking Chiefs. I respect what they do. I respect Mahomes. I respect uh, just from top to bottom what they are. I respect that they are the best team of this uh, of this era 100%. Uh, but I just don't give two shits and a fuck to see them win. So this one is a real difficult choice for me. Especially because if the Niners win the Super Bowl, that puts that they then then they have one more Super Bowl than the Cowboys do total. But at the end of the day, that kind of shit really doesn't matter to me because it really actually doesn't affect my life. So as the week has progressed on, because you know, I you, in my opinion, if I'm watching, I got to root for somebody. 
Uh, and sometimes it turns out to be one of those those games where it's like it changes mid-game, especially when it's against two teams I don't really care about. But I'm rooting for the Niners. I am rooting for the Niners. Um, just because I want to see somebody new win. We've already seen the Chiefs here a million times, it feels like. And uh, I just I just would like to see somebody new win. But the Niners are going to have to take it from the Chiefs. And uh, that's going to be really difficult. But, you know, if the Chiefs win, I'm not going to really care too much either. Because, uh, you know what, it's not the Cowboys. So I really don't give two shits and a fuck. But you got to root for somebody, in my opinion. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for the Niners. I've, I've, as the week has gone on, I've decided it's, it's the Niners who I'm going to be rooting for. The halftime show, in my opinion, is going to be uh, weak as fuck. It's Usher. Not really a fan. I find him pretty boring. As a matter of fact, I think his music's overall boring. Uh, his, his good song, I guess you would say, is Yeah. It's definitely his most popular song. And it's a, it's a jam for me that I could actually get down with because um, it's produced by one of my favorite producers and rappers, Lil fucking John. And uh, real talk, because we don't know, usually there is... Um, special guests who come out and perform with Usher. If there's anybody who comes out and performs with Usher who could totally turn this halftime around, uh, halftime show around for me personally, bring out Lil John, please. I would love to see me some yeah, Lil John up in the fucking house. God, he's so much fun, and I fucking love his music. So if he brings out Lil John, I'll be pretty excited about that. Hopefully we get some to the window, to the wall, uh, ski, 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 motherfuckers, shit. I, that's what I want to see. But who knows uh, what's going to happen. They haven't actually leaked any um, guests. And usually by now they have leaked who who potentially is going to be a guest. And they haven't leaked it, at least as far as I've seen. Um, but uh, I personally would love to see Lil John come out because that could have completely turn this halftime show around for me personally, because I love Lil Jon, but uh, sure, he, he's, he's a snooze fest for me personally. I don't really care for much for his music. I just think he's completely boring. I don't love him or hate him. He's just like a, he's just there. There's Usher, whoop-de-doo. That's how I feel about Usher. Um, and then, so let's, uh, let's break down some storylines that are potential storylines for the Super Bowl and uh, just, just talk a little bit more Super Bowl. So beginning with number one is the obvious Super Bowl storyline. And that is, if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, it's their third overall. And that puts them in the upper echelon. And that gives them the ultimate crown in the NFL. And that is, you are a dynasty. You are officially the dynasty of this era. There is always a dynasty in the era. And I mean... It feels like this era has been dominated by the Chiefs, but the third Super Bowl is what really puts you there. Because, cool, you can win two. They haven't won back-to-back yet either. If, they, if you win back-to-back and you do this whole three out of four thing, when you hit three Super Bowls back-to-back, that is dynasty. That is the definition of dynasty, at least in my opinion. And uh, the Chiefs would absolutely 100% seal the deal. They are this dynasty. Now, if they lose, you could still make an argument that they're this dynasty. But for me personally, you got to get that third. You got to not only get that third Super Bowl, but you got to do the back-to-back thing to actually, for me personally, to be considered a dynasty. 
I'm sure there's going to be other um, idiots who make the argument that they are, but not. Nah, to me, you need that third Super Bowl. If they lose, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh my God, you're the worst fucking team ever, because obviously they're not. But they get this Super Bowl win, it seals the deal. Chiefs are the dynasty of this era. Second storyline um, for Super Bowl 58, can Kyle Shanahan finally get the big win? You know, this guy, ever since he took over as coach for the San Francisco 49ers, he has turned them around. Um, he has shown he's an offensive genius. I mean, one of the things that I just love seeing when I watch a 49ers game is the blocking. They have some of the most amazing blocking you will ever see. If you want to know what blocking is supposed to look like, watch what happens on Super Bowl Sunday. If they do it right. I mean, there are games where it doesn't work out for them, but the blocking is just so masterful and beautiful. It's like, it's probably what it's like watching ballet, if you're into that shit. I most certainly am not. But it's just like, man, not just the offensive linemen themselves, but it's like, you'll, you'll see Debo getting on the run, and then Brandon Ayuk is way out in fucking front of him, and he's like, oh shit, I better start blocking, and then he gets blocking. You got Kittle blocking. Sometimes even the quarterback just steps right in the way and just gets enough of a block to stop things. They are just so masterful at blocking, so it's just what I've always loved, personally, about watching a Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, but his problem is he just has never been able to win the big one. Now this last playoff run, he has broken that little... The, the bad thing on his resume that has been pointed out, and that is his teams have never been able to make comebacks. Well, these last two playoff games, they were able to make comebacks. So let's see what happens in the Super Bowl. They, uh, they just lost one a few years ago, and uh, this here he is again. Is this team going to be able to do it? Once again, it's against Patrick Mahomes, the great Patrick Mahomes. We'll see what they're able to do, but that's always a big question for Shanahan. Can he finally get over the hump and finally get the Super Bowl win? Then the number three storyline to me is uh, just Brock Purdy in general. Uh, all season long, everybody's wanted to uh, crown him greatness, or they've wanted to say, oh, he's just a product of the system. And like I continue to say, it's the same thing with Mahomes. I need to let your career play out. And Brock Purdy has only been the starting quarterback for the 49ers now in his second season. Getting to the Super Bowl, he has proven um, he can overcome um, um, adversity. He can overcome bad games. Um, he's also proven he, he's terrible in certain games as well. But as far as the playoffs go, this guy stepped it up. He's, he's won when it matters the most. Um, and even if, they, he, if he wins a Super Bowl... I'm not crowning him anything. Um, he, he's the champion, 100%. You can't take that shit away from anybody. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say I still got to see more of this dude's career to say, oh, yeah, he's he's definitely the franchise quarterback. Because, I mean, we a story just came out like two weeks ago that over the in the offseason, the San Francisco 49ers were trying to get Tom Brady to come out of retirement, sign with them, and they straight up told Brock Purdy, we are doing this, and if he accepts, your fat ass is going to the bench. So that's how much faith the 49ers had in him at the beginning of the season. So let's all slow our roll on Brock Purdy. The dude is doing great right now, but let's not crown him the second coming of Joe Montana. Let's let this career play out. Let's see what he's got next season. Let's see what he's got in the Super Bowl, for Christ's sake. But let's just let the dude's career play out. But everybody's got to be arguing over how great he is, how overrated he is. And I just look at it and I go, 
The dude's in the Super Bowl. So far, he's proven that he deserves to be starting quarterback of this team. The whole team respects his fucking ass. And uh, he's got his team in the Super Bowl. He wins the Super Bowl. You can't take that shit away from him, but that does not mean he's the greatest of all time. There's He still has a lot to prove whether or not he wins this Super Bowl or not. But hey, congrats to you, dude, for being the last pick in the draft being a third-string motherfucking quarterback. Nobody expected your ass to start ever, and here you are starting the Super Bowl. Regardless of uh, what happens, that's a fucking fantastic story, and uh, congrats to Brock Purdy on his career, and hey, if, it, if he wins the Super Bowl and wins three more, then you are the second coming of Joe Montana. Uh, then uh, the fourth storyline, I believe, in Super Bowl 58 is the Chiefs' defense. As I said, this defense ain't nothing to fuck with. They have been for real all season. They have kept them in each and every single game. Even the games they've lost hasn't been on the defense. Um, and it's all due to Steve Spagnolo. If you don't know who Steve Spagnolo is, uh, he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. He has cur- he is currently the defensive coordinator of this Chiefs defense, and it shows. If you don't know, Steve Spagnuolo was the defensive coordinator when the New York Giants beat the New in- the undefeated New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And the reason why they beat that team was defense, baby. So I look at this Chiefs defense, and I hope the Niners are not overlooking this defense because. You didn't hear about him much. I mean, you heard about him, but compared to uh, the Steelers, compared to the Ravens, compared to even the Niners, we've heard about way more about everybody else's defense than the Chiefs. And this Chiefs defense is good as hell. And uh, they, like I said, they've taken out really good quarterbacks along the way. So we'll see what Brock Purdy's made of against this defense in the big game. And then the final storyline I feel like for Super Bowl 58 is the potential retirement of Coach Andy Reid. It hasn't been really discussed for most of the season. I mean, the dude is old. He's been in the league for a long-ass motherfucking time. And uh, if he were to win a third Super Bowl and say peace out, you can't blame the dude because what else could he achieve in this league? Um, And, I mean, he, he was good before the Super Bowls, but now... With what he's done with the Chiefs, obviously he's cemented his legacy and there's really nothing else more except to win more Super Bowls, which, of course, that's what you want. But over the last couple of weeks, especially when the playoffs started, there's been rumors that Andy Reid may retire after the Super Bowl. Who knows if it's if he wins, if he loses, what the deal is, but is he going to retire? That will change the whole trajectory of this Kansas City Chiefs team. Um, Also got to look at it. That means the Chiefs coaching position would be wide open. And there's a dude out there named Bill Belichick still. Um, Who knows if that would be some type of fit for them. But I'm just saying, a lot hangs in the balance on whether or not the Kansas City Chiefs win or not. And uh, I feel like if they win, I would not be surprised if uh, that day... Or a week later, we hear that Andy Reid's going to retire, and that would change a lot of things for the Kansas City Chiefs. They would still have Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is still young. That dude's uh, he's hitting the prime of his career, and so uh, I'm sure anybody would love to take over that uh, that position. But uh, it would absolutely change the trajectory of that team. 
All right, now let's move on to uh, the best part of the Super Bowl. I do this list every single year during the Super Bowl because I think it's fun. Um, And also, I am a female, so of course I am going to find some of these guys playing in the game super-duper hot. So we are going to have the Trop 5 Super Bowl hotties right here, right now. Um, So let's start it off with number five, Harrison Butker, the uh, kicker of the Kansas City Chiefs. Very good-looking guy, and uh, yeah, he, he hit the list, and he's actually a pretty decent kicker as well. Uh, then at number four on my top five Super Bowl hotties, he's actually not playing in the game. He has nothing really actually to do with either of these teams, but this year the Super Bowl is on CBS, and he's actually a part of the uh, the pregame show. His name is Nate Burleson, and he is fine as hell. Um, actually, I miss watching his ass on Good Morning Football uh, because uh, that was a great way to start the morning, uh, looking at how uh, hot he is. But uh, at least uh, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. As a matter of fact, he's pretty much the only good thing about the CBS pregame crew. I don't really like the CBS pregame crew. That's that's like the last resort for me to watch. Um, so I don't really like them. So thank God for him that uh, his hotness will be there to uh, brighten things up a little bit. Then at number three on my top five Super Bowl hotties, Fred Warner, linebacker of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's just fine. I, I just think he's fine as hell, and uh, that's all I got to say about it. Uh, then at number two on my top five Super Bowl hotties, Christian McCaffrey, running back of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this guy's just hot as hell, and uh, yeah, w- w- he's great running back and uh, fine as hell. He's not only the offensive player of the year, but uh, the uh, hot offensive player of the year. And at number one on my Trap 5 Super Bowl hotties, defensive end of the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Bosa. Um, now, y- this, this list is solely based on looks and looks alone. Because if we were talking about um, smartness, Nick Bosa is probably um, last place on all teams. I mean, this guy is, if you hear him talk, it's like, duh, 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 duh. That's why he plays football, because like that's that's the only thing he could do is play football. But he is fine as hell. Um, but you, uh, this, this guy's he's he's about as dumb as a sack of dirty diapers. As a matter of fact, um, you, you remember that sh- that game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and you would have to like phone a friend uh, to uh, if if you needed help on an answer. Well, if you were on that show and your choice is between phoning Nick Bosa and the sack of dirty diapers. You phone the sack of dirty diapers because that's how dumb Nick Bosa is. Dude is fine as hell, but uh, definitely, definitely not, not a smart one, but uh, really, really super hot. And uh, I've, I've noticed his hotness since he was at Ohio State, and um, I'm going to enjoy watching him on Super Bowl Sunday no matter what he does because he's fine as hell. Also uh, looks fantastic um, in the, uh, the, in his uniform, because it's all nice and tight on his hot body, yeah, Nick Bosa, fine as hell, so there you have it, the top five Super Bowl hotties of, uh, Super Bowl 58, uh, moving on to some other NFL news, uh, last night they had, uh, the, uh, the NFL honors, where they, uh, gave out all the end of the year awards, so let's, uh, see who won what, uh, of course, the league MVP, no surprise here, went to Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, Absolutely well deserved. As a matter of fact, he was almost a unanimous pick. He went. Uh, he was forty nine of the fifty votes. The other person voted for Josh Allen. 
Uh, but uh, that is Lamar's second MVP. I'm sure he would much rather be playing in the Super Bowl, but hey, winning two MVPs in your career, that ain't nothing to scoff at, especially for a dude who has been doubted his entire career since he was playing high school ball, since he was playing college ball, after he won the fucking Heisman. Then when he goes into the NFL and wins two MVPs, people still doubt the motherfucker. Should he be a quarterback? Is he a star quarterback? Yes, Lamar Jackson is a star quarterback. Get over it. This is his second MVP to go with that Heisman trophy. The dude deserves it. Offensive player of the year goes to the sexy-ass Christian McCaffrey, uh, running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, that was the uh, perfect choice for that one. The dude just dominated on the ground all season long and was pretty much the main driving force for the San Francisco offense. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, defensive end of the Cleveland Browns, and I cannot argue with that. A lot of people are upset that it didn't go to T.J. Watt, which you could make an argument for him as well, but I'm sorry. Miles Garrett was such a X-factor for the Cleveland Browns this year. I mean, he jumped over lines. He was sacking quarterbacks. He was making some of the biggest fucking plays of his career. To me, Miles Garrett, hands down, Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, just made such an impact on this team. Uh, Then the Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the Cleveland Browns, uh, I would say that's definitely deserved as well. I mean, it was the carousel court, the quarterback carousel for him. He had to go through four quarterbacks this season, had to go through multiple running backs this season. Offensive line got decimated by injuries. Secondary got decimated by injuries, and this team still made the playoffs, still was one of the most competitive teams all the way down the stretch, and this is his second Coach of the Year award. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, of course, went to quarterback C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans. Uh, To me, can't argue with that at all. Yes, Puka Nakua had an amazing season as well, but what C.J. Stroud did this year was just hands down phenomenal, and he would have got my vote as well. And then the Defensive Rookie of the Year went to the uh, defensive end, Will Anderson of the Houston Texans as well. So the Houston Texans swept the Rookie of the Year category. Um, and Will Anderson can't can't argue with that either. Uh, anytime this team was playing really well on defense, um, it was due to him. Um, I, I mean, he was getting at quarterbacks like, like no other and just really making a huge difference on the defensive side of the ball for the Houston Texans. So those are the uh, end of the season awards. And then, of course, they also announced the Hall of Fame, um, the Hall of Famers last night, who's going to be inducted into this year's Hall of Fame. Um, I will say, disappointed, Tory Holt is not in there. Um, I, I can't believe you're still making Tory Holt wait, but you know what? Who they voted in, I can't argue against. I, I feel like all five, was it four? Uh, five of these guys. All five of these guys 100% deserve to go in there. Um, it's just to me, I, I can't believe they're still making Tory Holt wait all this freaking long. I, I thought this would definitely be a good year for him to get in, but who knows? We'll see We'll see about next year. But this year's um, inductees, all well-deserved, all dominated their time. And let's get it started with, of course, defensive end Dwight Freeney, one of the greatest sack attacks um, during his era, and uh, he—he's a Super Bowl champion. He was—he was always there, always one of the greatest of all time. And then, of course, kick returner Devin Hester, um, 
absolutely deserves to be there. I mean, he took the first play of a Super Bowl out for a touchdown, and that's just what he did. Uh, he was amazing special teams uh, player. And then uh, wide receiver Andre Johnson for the Houston Texans. So it was a big we- weekend for the Houston Texans. Uh, now they got they got a Hall of Famer in Andre Johnson. Can't argue with him. I mean, he, even in some of the worst years for the Houston Texans, Andre Johnson still there making the big plays. Never fucking had an issue always just sat there and took it and always represented Houston in the best way he could. Then, of course, Julius Peppers, the defensive end uh, for both the Panthers and the Chicago Bears, he got in, and he better have got in because this is one of the, the greatest defenders of all time. And then uh, linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, Patrick Willis, uh, was also inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, they will all be inducted in um, August uh, but they all uh, they all found out that they're going in last night. And congratulations to all of them. Like I said, I'm not trying to take it away from them because I I feel like Tory Holt deserves to be there. But all these guys deserve to be there as well. They dominated their eras. They dominated their times. And uh, can't even make one argument against any one of them getting in. All right, now let's move on to the NBA and the week that was the NBA. Man, we had uh, some crazy games this uh, this week. Uh, beginning with uh, Monday night, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, they are just continuing their domination. They smashed the Toronto Raptors 138-100, to and Brandon Ingram had a huge night with 41 points. He dropped five straight three-pointers in a row and uh, just really ran away with this one for the Pelicans. Uh, then also, that, that same night on Monday, the Los Angeles Clippers... Uh, took out the Atlanta Hawks in a very close one, 149-144. Kawhi Leonard just continued his dominance with 36 points. James Harden had a huge night, 30 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds in a big win for the Los Angeles Clippers. Then on Tuesday, the Phoenix Suns got a huge win against the Milwaukee Bucks, 114-106. to Kevin Durant had a huge night, 28 points, 10 rebounds. Devin Booker had 32 points. And then Bradley Beal, keeping... Keep getting hotter now that he's injured. The dude is is starting to get, get hot, and he had 24, 25 points and 10 rebounds. So a big win for the Phoenix Suns and a big loss for the Milwaukee Bucks, who just really have not found their footing since Doc Rivers took over at coach. Then also on Tuesday night, the Utah Jazz took down the Oklahoma City Thunder 124-117. to It was all about marketing. Man, this guy went off. He took over the fourth quarter, ended up with 33 points and 11 rebounds. And uh, is still with the Jazz. I, I, there was rumors that he was possibly going to be traded at the deadline. They did not bite. And uh, they got a big win over one of the top teams in the Western Conference right now. Uh, then on Wednesday, the New Orleans Pelicans yet again got another huge win, this time against the Clippers. They won 117-106. to 106, And Zion had an night. He had a double-double with 21 points, 10 assists. And then C.J. McCollum also added in another 25 points. And this was just an all-around fantastic game from the Pelicans. Defensively, offensively, in the paint, Zion is just healthy. This guy is, is great. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team as the season wears on. But they just start getting hotter. And I don't know. You may not want to face the Pelicans come playoff time. Uh, then also on Wednesday, a very shocking defeat uh, by the Sacramento Kings, who just, you know, last year they were one of the best teams in the league. And uh, right now, I doubt they're lighting that stupid-ass beam a lot. And they were not against the, the shittiest team in the league. The Detroit Pistons smashed them 133-20. to um, they, their, uh, their player, James Ivey had 37 points. Jalen Duran had 20 points and 15 rebounds. 
I don't know what's going on with Sacramento. I mean, I think it's hilarious because I fucking hate the Queens. But um, you got beat by the worst team in the league, the Detroit Pistons. This team's got like, what, like eight wins on the season? Come on, man. That's pathetic. And it wasn't even close. But shout out to Detroit for getting the big win. Uh, then last night, another big win. Golden State Warriors smashed the Indiana Pacers 131-109. to And Steph Curry, you know, a couple ga- the game before this one, he had uh, one of his worst games of his entire career. I think he only ended up with like four points, six points, something stupid like that. And he was like, you know what? That was pathetic. I need to come back and do something great. And against the Pacers, he had 42 points um, and made 11 three-pointers on the night. So he was like uh, not doing that again in two games straight. And Indiana, they are a decent team. And uh, Golden State has had a terrible season, but they took them down handily. And then another big game last night, the Dallas Mavericks smashed the New York Knicks. Now, the Knicks did not have Jalen Brunson playing, so I think that was a little bit of a factor, but still, I don't know how much of a difference he would have made in this one. It was all about Luka last night. Uh, Dallas got the win, 122-108. to I was watching this game, and it was not close at all. I mean, Dallas just took off and uh, never looked back. Luka had a huge game, 39 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds. Uh, And it was in New York, so uh, this is another marquee star player stepping it up in New York, as they tend to do. And uh, he did that last night. And Dallas, they're such a weird team. Like, they have their moments, like last night, where they beat really good teams. They actually played really good defense last night as well. I don't know what was up with them, because that's not what they're known for. Um, But they really just stepped it up. But then they had these moments where they're just like, what the fuck is going on? So... Dallas, a very interesting team, but got a huge, huge win last night. And then uh, we had a couple of decent trade deadline deals. No big blockbuster deals happened uh, that were rumored to, but a few decent ones that I think uh, could could potentially make a difference, especially come playoff time. Uh, the New York Knicks, they made a trade with the Detroit Pistons for Alec Burks and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, and Bogdan- Bogdanovich is... A scrappy veteran. He's always been very. Uh, he's not like the greatest player on the face of this pl- of this planet, but he's always that dude who tends to step it up. And I feel like he's going to be um, very helpful to to the Knicks come playoff time. And then Burks just adds him a little adds a little bit more depth at the guard position for them. And then uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder made a trade with the Charlotte Hornets for Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know he's 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 had his moments. You know he's kind he used to be a really spectacular player, but then some really bad injuries have happened to him, and he's he's kind of turned into a really good role player, which I think is good for Oklahoma City, and that's really actually what they need. They need a veteran presence, especially once it comes playoff time. Um, I feel like Gordon Hayward could actually be that dude who they could turn to in certain really big games against maybe big teams and in critical moments. So that could turn out to be a good trade. And then the last decent trade ended up being between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Indiana Pacers. 76ers ended up getting Buddy healed. I don't know if that's going to save their season because, of course, Embiid is going to be out at least for the next month after they did his uh, his surgery earlier in the week. It was announced that he's going to be out at least for four weeks, and then they will reevaluate him in four weeks. So that doesn't mean he's coming back in a month, but this Buddy healed trade doesn't really help them, but... It's just uh, Heald has been trying to get out of Indiana for quite some time. He is a decent player. He's a good role player type guy. Um, And, uh, 
he's just always been on the trade block for quite some time. So it's not shocking to see him get moved. But to go to the 76ers, I don't think that's going to be any type of groundbreaking move for uh, either party. <clears throat> and then, of course, uh, yesterday was uh, February 8th of 2024. And uh, the number is symbolic if you are a Los Angeles Lakers fan because uh, yesterday they unveiled the first of what we found out to now be three statues dedicated to uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Uh, yesterday they unveiled the first one, and then, of course, it was actually announced uh, during Vanessa Bryant's speech that it's going. this is the first of three statues we're going to get from Kobe. So one's going to be with the number eight, one's going to be with the number 24, and then the, then another one's going to be with him and his uh, his daughter who uh, who died with him in the uh, in the helicopter crash. Uh, Gianna, she's going to get a uh, a statue with him. So that's the first one was revealed yesterday, and uh, couldn't say I, I couldn't be honest. It's like the most perfect, in my opinion. I was hoping this is what they would go with. Um, I I was because you know there's so many great moments in Kobe's career, and we you're guessing is it going to be a number eight? Is it going to be number twenty four? Luckily, we're going to get both of them now which isn't shocking. Even if he were alive, guarantee you, we would be getting a number eight and a number 24 Kobe statue. Um, this has, I don't think that has anything to do with his death. Of course, the, the statue with his daughter, that of course probably has something to do with it. But the, the eight and the 24 statue completely understand why they're doing that. Um, but you know, when you're trying to guess what, what play they're going to go with, what moment they're going to go with, for me, it either had to be the 81 points because hello, that's only happened. He, that's the second most points one player has ever put up in a game behind Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points. That happened in the fucking 60s, I believe. 60s, 70s. So, like, that's how long ago it was. And then he did it in 2006 when he got the 81 points. And so it's just an iconic moment. Um, it, it, and it's like, it's one of a kind moment, too, because nobody else has done that. And so for me, I was hoping it would either be that or from the Boston, something from the Boston Celtics championship back in 2010, just because we beat the Celtics. It was the most difficult of all the uh, the Kobe Bryant championships. And so those were my hopes, and it ended up being, so we got revealed the first statue, which was number eight Kobe, when he scored the number, when he scored 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. And uh, it was funny, too, because Vanessa Bryant even said in her speech, Kobe picked this out. He picked this pose out. So if you have a problem with it, tough shit. You can't complain to anybody about it because he picked it. And I'm happy that's what they went with. Because like I said, it's one of the most, not only just iconic moments in Lakers history, it happened in LA at the Staples Center. So that's another reason why it's so iconic. But it's only happened so many times in this league. It's iconic. It's legendary. And so they, uh, the number eight Kobe is with him holding his, uh, his number one up like he is the greatest of all time. And that was the statue that we had uh, released yesterday. Uh, they, they didn't announce when the other two are going to be uh, ready. I, I, I imagine the second one is going to be uh, in probably like a year. And then the third one's probably going to be in like two years, something along those lines. Um, but regardless, the first of the three Kobe statues is perfect. And um, also, they put the perfect quote on it. And so that's how we're going to end today's show. Leave the game better than you found it. And when it comes time for you to leave, leave a legend.
the great Kobe Bean Bryant, the black fucking Mamba. Who is going to leave a legend this Super Bowl Sunday? Is it going to be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Is it going to be Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers? Who the fuck knows? But it's going to be somebody. It's going to be legendary. And we will be talking about it on Monday's show.